Hi, I'm Vogue Williams, your host for Taboo Talk, the brand new podcast from Boots that asks the taboo health and wellness questions so you don't have to. This week, we're going to have a bloody honest chat about periods. See what we did there? Getting insight into everything from hormone cycles, bloating and cramps. Joining me today is the creator of The Tummy Diaries, and you've got this, Lottie Drynan, who has openly spoken about her experience of coming off the pill after 13 years and the effect it's had on her menstrual cycle, body and moods. With her is Dr. Brooke Vandermolen, known as the OBGYN mom. Brooke specializes in helping women to understand their bodies and their choices. Thank you so much for coming on the show. So Lottie, we're going to start you first. And you revealed on your Insta stories that you've come off the pill after 13 years. So first of all, why did you decide to stop and why show the side effects so publicly? Yeah, I mean, I've been thinking about it for quite a few years. It's something that always sort of fascinated me. A few of my friends and family had come off. And I guess I've been put on it at the age of 15 when all my friends, like as soon as like our mum started to panic, like oh, they may be having sex, like shipped us off to the doctors. But I'd never really known much about it. I guess I was probably put on the one that was most widely available. And I did change a few times over the years, but I just never really understood much about it. All I knew was I'll take this every day and it prevents pregnancy. That's great. And it did a great job at that. I guess in the past of four or five years, I've really started to want to understand my body better and just like get more in tune with it, if that sort of makes sense. And I started doing a bit of reading on it, listening to a few podcasts, sort of learning a bit more about hormones. But the number one thing was, but I don't want to get pregnant. So it always put me off and it's sort of reading online and you hear sort of, you always hear the extremes, don't you either? It absolutely changed my life and I'm a new human being or it was the worst thing I've done. So I was just always too scared. And one day I thought, I think it was, yeah, last November, I was sitting there and I think I was particularly anxious at the time. And it was just really playing on my mind. And I said to my husband, you know what, I'm going to do it. Can you just actually take my pill packet and hide it from me so I don't take it in the morning? I was like, just do it so I don't, <laughs> so I don't change my mind. And I did. And I was expecting like there to be one massive change like, the next day and I'd freak out, but I didn't. And I just sort of carried it on. And I think I shared it maybe on day four, just popped it on Instagram. I never planned to and said, oh, guys, you know what? My skin's really oily because I've just come off the pill. And it was actually mad how many people messaged like, oh, my gosh, I've been wanting to do this or I've just done this. Can you share more? And me being like number one over sharer, just thought, yeah, why not? What do you want to know? And started <laughs> documenting it, really. <laughs> and how was your experience of coming off the pill? It was good. I mean... It was really good. There were so many different factors that I hadn't really considered. I didn't really know what to expect because I didn't want to read too much about it. I was really surprised I came on my period pretty much straight away, which I was expecting to be two, three months. And I was on the mini pill. So for most of that time, for most of the 13 years, I hadn't had even a even a bleed. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I was like, what is this? And I mean, that, that was heaven, like not having a period. But actually, do you know what? It was really not. I was so excited. I was literally running around like in my period pants like, woo! Like, what other period products can I buy? Like, part of it, I was like, how much of this is in my mind? Because I'm expecting to feel these changes. How much is actually going on? So it took a little while to actually settle down. But I found it a positive experience and actually just loved learning about my body and all these things that I'm like, I'm nearly 30. How did I get to that? And not even knowing what a menstrual cycle properly was, which is mad. Yeah. I think for me, um, I, 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 
everyone chooses a different pill. Mm. I've been on a few of them as well. One of them didn't agree with me, but I lo- I loved being on the pill. I was on it for 17 years and actually I stopped because I thought we were going to try and get pregnant. Yeah. And I thought that I would be like forever my body getting back to normal. But as you said, it just like went straight back and we got pregnant quite quickly. But weird not having your period for that long. How, was it just mad when it came back? Yeah, it was like, yeah, it was really weird and actually like learning how I didn't know how long I was like what is it once a month like I know that sounds so silly but I guess I'd only really had I don't know maybe a year or two's periods like before I came on the pill and then I've had I've been off on little breaks but never really enough time to properly get to know my cycle so it was very strange and just knowing like is this normal how long does it last like what to do and just so many things I think has changed. There's so much more talk about it now compared to 13 years ago. Yeah. So I found it like a really fascinating process. It kind of is. And did you find that like loads of people were fascinated by it too? Like was everyone just mailing you about it? Yeah, so many. And so, you know, what? so many people just said, I don't have anyone to talk to about this, which I just think I'm quite lucky. I've got a girls group that is just like, basically a disgusting chat like we talk about everything there's no (laughs) such thing as too much information but it was yeah so so many women said you know what I've got no one to talk to about this and if I didn't have those girls you you wouldn't would you You don't like I guess you can talk to your partner but you don't you it's not quite the same as being as open and there's still so much embarrassment around it it's so, it is a taboo topic though. It really is. People are just like, they're not oversharing about it. They don't really want to talk about it. It's just one of those things. And in school, I mean, I went to an all girls school and, and you did too. And I wouldn't mm. say that like the advice and stuff and like sex education was basic. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like you'd think going to an all girls school, that would be like the perfect opportunity to really go in depth and properly talk, not just about, well, first of all, like, everything from like your vagina and where things are to period to sex but it for me and I know a lot of people I've spoken to it really wasn't I mean we had a male biology teacher who was a a lovely glybessin but he absolutely blushed at the thought of the female anatomy like he couldn't he couldn't bear it so we Mm. just we learned the very basics it was you bleed because your body's getting ready to get pregnant and don't have sex because you will get pregnant and an STI. And that was pretty much it. And that that's yeah. all we learned. And it's not actually all these so so many things like to do with your body and mind. Like your cycle isn't just those whatever four, five, six days of bleeding. It's a whole however many days for me between anything at the moment between twenty two and thirty because I'm still sort of settling down. But we didn't. Yeah. So what is that you get it every 22 or 30 days? Yeah, at first it started off sort of dead on sort of 2025 and it was really regular and only recently has it started sort of in the past few months has it started varying up a bit. So Mm. I'm still sort of learning and I'm tracking it. But yeah, we didn't really learn any of that at school and how to sort of get in tune with our bodies, which would have been so much more helpful, especially as like a young teen when you're going through puberty and there's so much going on with your hormones and boys and sex and all this stuff. Like, and you're just like, am I, am I weird? Like, (laughs) <laughs> I know but you're that is the thing it isn't really spoken about very much and I think that even like trying to learn your own body I've just I downloaded that flow app yeah. just because before 
I had after I had Theodore, I went to this guy and he told me that I actually had PCOS and my my periods were like every forty days, and now they're going back to every thirty days, and it's just like they change so much. But maybe you can let us know, Doctor Brooke. Does that is that normal that your period cycles can change quite a lot? Yeah, absolutely. I I would say I echo everything you're saying. These topics are not spoken about enough. And often it people realise kind of far too late that maybe some of the things that they've been experiencing, they could seek help for or could get some advice or some help with. There is an amount that everybody is going to um, have variation in their periods from month to month. And that is normal to, for, the, for your cycle to kind of vary a few days here and there, a few days shorter, a few days longer. If the variation is more than about 10 to 12 days per cycle, you know, they're coming every three weeks or they're coming more like every five weeks, something like that, it, it probably is in the realm that you should see somebody about it. But even if you're completely normal, yes, you can have a few days either side of variation and that would that would be considered normal still. Yeah. Why do you think though that there is, because we've already spoken about it, but there's such a stigma around talking about periods and anything to do with like women's menstrual cycles. Why do you think that is? Oh, I think it goes back to kind of the days when probably men were gynecologists and men were your doctors. And I think a lot of people felt like, well, I'll get the information maybe from my mum or from my sister if you have a mum and a sister around. And if you don't, you don't really ask your friends about it because you, you're embarrassed and you don't want them yeah. to kind of judge you or think differently of you. And I think luckily we're moving towards a time, you know, where there are female doctors. If you want to speak to a female doctor, there is a lot of talk on social media and people opening up about their experiences. But still, there are cultures and different people from different ethnic backgrounds where periods are kind of considered shameful. There is just still so much we've still got to do to make sure that people know what is normal for their body and what is not normal. Because as doctors, we rely on people to come to us when they realise that there is a problem. But actually, in order for that to happen, you need to realise that there is a problem. You need to not just say, oh, well, this is how my body is and say, well, actually, if I am unable to leave the house for five days because I've got my period because it is so heavy that I'm going through pads every single hour and I can't even go to school or go to work. Well, that isn't normal and we can probably help you if you come to see us but a lot of people just say that's what my periods are and it's 10-15 years before they even kind of speak up about it so so yeah I think there is still a lot more that we could do to help people to, to know what is normal and what isn't. Yeah I don't even think it's something to be embarrassed about but I suppose like everyone has such a different period like my sister is doubled over in pain and I kind of just sail through it but as you said like I didn't know about my own body and like when my period was coming every 40 days I thought that that was normal and actually it wasn't and even when you're trying to get pregnant that's when I found out and that's when I'm 32. Like you were saying earlier a lot of us are put on hormonal contraception from very early on and for various reasons it might be because your problems with your skin in your teenage years or it might be because you start having sex or various different things that you might need that hormonal contraception to help you with but you're been on that hormonal contraception so long you don't actually really know what your periods are like without it and it is Often when people come to try for a baby, they come off of their hormonal contraception, which has been masking their underlying symptoms for a number of years. Uh, and it's not necessarily a bad thing. The hormones help with a lot of problems. If you do have heavy bleeding or very painful periods, being, taking the pill or having you know, the depo injection will probably have helped with those symptoms for the past 10 years. But you don't necessarily realise you've had those problems all that time. Then you try to get pregnant and it unmasks symptoms that, that were there all along. And so I think a lot of people almost play catch up when it comes to trying for a baby. And you're suddenly like, well, 
Mm. Let me get to know my body again. And then you get pregnant. And then you kind of, I think almost after you have your baby, it's often a chance to get to know your periods really for the first time properly. And often I think people look at their relationship with their periods again differently after they've had a baby and they've kind of had all this break from hormonal contraception and from having periods at all while you're pregnant. And it's like a new, yeah. a new phase. Uh, I certainly think that was my own experience. I think as well. I think as women, our periods aren't taken seriously until we do want to get pregnant. And actually, it's like they're kind of putting more value on a life that's not there yet over over ours. And it's like, what if I don't want to get pregnant or don't want to get pregnant yet? Then what, I just take this to mask it or it's just sort of dismissed. Whereas if it's I'm trying for a baby and my periods aren't regular, then that's when we get listened to. Not to go on to like a patriarchal rant, but I find that mad that that's the only time that we're really often taken seriously. Yeah, definitely. But I think as well, it is about like learning your own body because I feel like I was on the pill for 17 years and I loved being on the pill. Um, mm. But then I went off it and then I had Theodore and then I was breastfeeding. So then I didn't get my period for ages. And then I think I had like my period for something like six months and then I got pregnant again and then I was breastfeeding again and I've had it for like three months. So it's kind of, you don't even have time to even realize what's happening with your own body sometimes. But I definitely do think it's it's important to look out for it. But Brooke, a period has four cycles. Am I right? Uh, yes. Yeah, so, so four phases of your menstrual cycle. So we, we would classify the start of the cycle as the first day of your period. Then you have five days that is the, the menstruation phase. Everyone knows what that bit is. Then you go into what's called the follicular phase, which is where your um, your eggs are being prepared and getting ready to be released at ovulation. And that sort of stage of your cycle is often, I guess, the stage where people feel maybe most stable. Your hormonal levels of your kind of estrogen and progesterone levels are kind of low and steady. Then you kind of come up to ovulation. And just before your estrogen levels peak, they go very, very high. You release your egg at ovulation. That's the ovulation phase. And then you go into the luteal phase. And after the egg has been released and your, your progesterone levels go up, the lining of your womb prepares itself for if that egg that you released gets fertilized and is going to implant, it's ready for a pregnancy, essentially. And the rise in the level of progesterone in that second half of your cycle is what often gives you those kind of PMS-like symptoms that a lot of people experience, maybe mood swings and changes in your skin and things like that. And we often feel a bit kind of more slow and sluggish perhaps in that phase. And then your hormone levels suddenly drop and you're back to menstruation again. So that is the menstrual cycle. So that is why as well, sometimes I do that. I feel like a lunatic at a certain part in the month. And I know I'm being unreasonable, but I physically can't stop myself. So, and then I feel like you eat more at a certain time. Sometimes I can't, like I can't exercise or anything like that. So is that all down to your periods and which part you're in? Yeah, exactly. I think the first thing says it's important to, to recognize you'll, you'll only really notice these phases if you aren't on any hormonal contraception, which a lot of us are on, whichever type, whether it's a marina coil or you've got in or depo injection or the pill, any types of the pill. So if you've got those, you won't see the same phases in your cycle as much. Uh, but if you haven't got any of those and you're tracking your cycle regularly and you have a regular cycle, you will probably see, yeah, in that second half of the month, more of those kind of progesterone related symptoms like the mood swings, maybe feeling bloated, um, a bit more sluggish. A lot of people get like a burst of energy and an increase in their sex drive around ovulation as those estrogen levels peak. So yeah, really getting to know your, your cycle, tracking it. You can often even work out where you are on your cycle just by how you're feeling by, by tracking things very closely. 
Yeah. And with periods, how come I feel fine? I don't really get, I get kind of lower back pain, but not really. And some people like die and have to hug water bottles. Yeah, there's a huge variation. Every one of us is different um, in kind of every symptom that we experience in our body, but even more so with our periods. But some people also, as well as there just being a bit of variation between you and I, some people do have underlying reasons why their periods may be heavier or may be more painful, which is why I always say to people, that if you think your periods are painful or they're particularly heavy, see a doctor, even if you don't know, uh, because... For example, something like fibroids are extremely common. They're kind of benign growths in the in the womb, and they can cause very heavy periods. Treatable, very very common. Uh, and when we can get on top of that, kind of the heaviness of the flow, it can make a huge difference. Because if you are bleeding and bleeding every month, you're going to be becoming anemic. It'll affect you all month long because you'll be so tired all the time. Um, so simple things like that. I say simple. For, from our perspective, it's kind of our bread and butter things that we commonly see. But people just assume, well, my mum's periods were heavy, my sister's periods were heavy. Of course, my periods are heavy. But actually, you may all have fibroids because they run in families. So it's 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 easy to put the things down to just like that's how we are but often there is an underlying reason same with things like endometriosis someone might tell you oh yeah well my periods are really really painful too and yeah oh well i i have to take ibuprofen throughout the cycle and this that the other well actually if you're relying on on painkillers and even the painkillers you take still aren't really controlling the pain and you're doubled over with a hot water bottle like you mentioned there may be an underlying reason and, and for example endometriosis takes an average of seven years for someone to get diagnosed. So from the first time they go and see a medical professional to getting a diagnosis of endometriosis can take seven years. And that can be because people aren't really listened to and aren't taken seriously. And so all I would say to that, you know, until we fix the other problems in the system is just keep going back and keep pushing because actually, you know, you should be listened to. And if you think what's going on is not right for you until they've investigated you properly and told you definitively it can't be this, then, then keep pushing. Yeah. And Lottie, you were on the pill for so long. How did your periods, because you only had like two years of periods, how did they come back? Were they heavy or were you fine? I mean, I had nothing to compare it to, which is why it was so odd. I was like, is this heavy? Is this a lot? I would say they were painful at first. Looking back, one of the reasons I stayed on the pill for so long is because I had suspected endometriosis and you're often given the advice to stay on the pill um, because it can help. And I ended up having a laparoscopy and they found um, adhesions to the bowel and womb. So I was told that if I was to come off it, they could be more painful and heavier. So that's still something that I'm not sure whether that's going to happen. It's still kind of fairly early days. So I'm still getting to know but I would say they're definitely manageable. Yeah, I say manageable, but I just yeah had no idea and nothing to compare it to really. And did you did you get like, you know, the way that part of the month where I, I get like weepy, I want to eat more, I don't really want to train. Do you get that or no? Oh, definitely. I would say it's definitely the split of the two. So the estrogen and the progesterone, like I'm I get really sort of like a hyper Labrador at first, especially yeah. like during ovulation, and I'm like more like my sex drive I'm like hello Ross like and then like (laughs) and then five days later I'm like do not touch me don't even look at me I am not moving from this bed I haven't got any energy whatsoever and I do really notice a split and I, I find it funny because obviously on the pill I didn't get that and it was all sort of a bit more even and now I'm like whoop, whoop, like <laughs> but I can recognize yeah. it and it's quite good because I think oh that's why or at least it gives me an excuse anyway <laughs> yeah we deserve an excuse Brooke <laughs> sorry what is the time again that you're like best in your period 
in your cycle? Yeah, in the first half of the cycle, so the follicular phase. Okay, so we've got a nice, what, five days? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And, uh, and probably also around the time of ovulation. You know, it makes sense uh, in kind of evolutionary terms that, of course, you're going to want that sex drive to peak just as you're ovulating. It's convenient. And you want to be nice yeah. at the start. So you're nice to your husband at the start. Then you're ovulating because you want to get it on. Exactly. And then you're like, get away from yeah. me. <laughs> and it's even like down to like, you want to move more because like, Back then it would be you go out like looking for your mate, like how can I get lucky? Like so we sort of want to exercise more. Like I find that really fascinating. <laughs> I think men though, they just they don't understand how bad it's the same when you're pregnant though. Like they don't understand how bad like your periods can feel and how they can make you feel. But there are countries like Japan and Korea and different countries in Asia that actually give you time off if you have your period and it's really bad. But loads of people don't want to do that because they don't want to be looked upon as like weak so do you think if we were offered that like would you take it I don't think I would take it do you know I think in some ways it almost tells people that if you've got your period you're sick uh you know you're inferior I think the idea of us all needing well it doesn't really work for my job but more flexible kind of working lives whereby you know if you want to work from home because you're feeling a bit low and you want to be in bed but you can still respond to your emails or you can still do your job or you or instead of doing it in, in nine to five hours you, you you're better at night during this time so you're going to work from you know five till 10 p.m I think that's the best way that we can kind of enable women um, to to feel like they can be an active part of the workforce, they can do everything that everybody else can, but also allow them to make time and space for their bodies and listen to their own needs. Yeah. What about you, Lottie? Would you take it? Um, I mean, it depends. There have been days where I have been literally in a ball, unable to work. And like I say, I'm very lucky that I work for myself and at home so I can do that. But looking back to pre-pandemic, that's I worked an office job until then. And I, I hadn't really experienced that. But there may have been times when I would have had to call in sick or, or like you say, just having that flexibility. I think I think an employer should make us be able to make reasonable adjustments. So we know now that a lot of us, especially those of us in in office jobs are now working from home, we should be trusted to be able to work from home. So I think especially now, as we go back to those sorts of jobs, it should be, okay, do you know what? I do need to work from home with a hot water bottle. Or like you say, Brooke, like actually I'm going to catch up later on. So I do think that reasonable adjustments should be made, but I do see the point of, yeah, I saw about, I think there was people saying about, like you say, the weaker sex and also actually still... I mean, especially in talking about office environments, it is male dominated and there is still that taboo. So actually not everyone's going to feel comfortable going up to your manager and saying, I've got really bad period pains. Um, I need time off. That could make you worried that you're not going to get a promotion or so I think it's it's a really hard, hard one, isn't it? There's so many different factors. I feel like it would, it would put you on, on the back foot of it. I know that sounds but terrible, but I honestly yeah. think that that's, yeah, it is the way it's viewed. I think it's the same when you're pregnant. Like I remember losing a couple of jobs and stuff because I was pregnant because people look at you like if you're whinging about your period, it's like an illness, as you said, Dr. Brooke. And it's the same when you're pregnant. It's like you're sick, mm. um, which is kind of frustrating. So we have to uh, soldier tr- through. But that brings me on to my next question. Have you ever felt ashamed about your period? Yeah, I remember like hiding my tampons up, like you know when you've got your blazer or something, and you're chucking your tampons up. Like I still do that. Yeah, I I was still doing it recently, like, and I probably still would. And then you've got like even at the age of thirty, you've got them in your office going, 
is that sweets? And you're like, sorry, are you five? <laughs> like, but, but you would. <laughs> so I, I definitely have. And I think it's only recently I've started to be more open about this stuff, this stuff. And now I've sort of got pretty much no, no shame about anything, but I, I definitely see it. And maybe that's just because I'm in the position where I do this, talk about this as a job. If I was back in the office, would I happily go up to my manager and say that? I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah. What about you, Brock? I also kind of feel the same. It sort of depends on who you're around. I could talk about periods till I'm through in the face. It's it's also what I do. And I want to break down taboos. But also if I'm at work and in front of my consultant, I might, you know, discreetly go to the toilet and not and not shout about the fact that you're on your period. Partly because also sometimes I just feel like not everyone needs to know. That being said, yeah. I'm very glad that we actually nowadays have um, more options for period products. And that allows, I mean, now I kind of want to shout about them even more, you know, period underwears an amazing invention so what's period underwear well period underwear are are like sanitary pads but as underwear where you just wear them and you can bleed into them and it absorbs the bleeding and i think for example if you're a young girl that started your periods a bit younger than your friends you're 13 14 and you're at school and you know everyone's listening for the wrapper that's you're opening inside the toilet and you're embarrassed at that actually you could just wear the underwear you could just bleed all day and no one necessarily needs to know there doesn't need to be any kind of shame or you hiding anything uh, and the same with menstrual cups. You know, there, there are more options available than we've ever had before. I don't think anyone should ever feel shame or embarrassed about it. But if you do feel that you would be safer uh, with, without other people knowing about it, then there are options that are slightly more discreet. And how does a menstrual cup work? Because I've seen them. Yeah. I've never used one. I'm I'm kind of a tampons person and that's just about it. I have to say, I've been completely converted to menstrual cups since having my kids. And I think they're, I think they're brilliant. I mean, they, they have a lot of benefits. They, they are like a tampon. Um, they take a bit more getting used to. Um, with, and they're sort of maybe slightly wider and they can be worn for longer. Uh, well, the same amount of time, but they, they usually have more of an absorbency. So you only maybe need to empty them maybe once or twice a day. Uh, depending on how heavy your flow is you kind of tip it out give it a rinse and pop it back inside so for the environment they're amazing because we waste huge huge amounts of plastic which isn't biodegradable through our plastic containing period products like tampons pads have a lot of plastic in as well um, so they're, they're great for the environment they're very cheap because you buy one cup and then you can have it for up to two years usually some of them even longer wow. uh, and also you know it takes away that need to suddenly go oh my god my period started and I'm out and I haven't got any anything with me because uh, you can just always kind of have, have it in your bag and you don't need to suddenly rush to the shops and get more or you run out of tampons you haven't got enough because your cup is just reusable you just empty it out and pop it back inside so yeah I think they're a fantastic option especially for kind of third world countries or again for younger girls who may not have that option don't want to keep going into a shop being seen buying products um, and things like that they, they do open up kind of a lot of avenues for people my only thing about period, this is why I don't use pads and I don't know if you guys feel the same. I just feel a bit gross when I have it and I'm like, oh, just the thought of like having a pad. I don't want to use it. That's why I do tampons. But maybe that would be a good option, actually. I tried the cup. Yeah. What did you think? I've actually, I actually ended up documenting it on Instagram because it was such a... Of course. Yeah, a dramatic, not like I'm ever dramatic at all, but it was a very dramatic experience. So, but you know what, I, I do, I have to say, I do now love them, but oh my gosh, like at one point I was sweating, squatting on FaceTime to the girls. My husband was outside the toilet 
and I like had my whole hand up like trying to get this thing out like it was intense and I literally was like two minutes away from like getting him to take it out for me like it it takes practice so I would it say definitely if, you, does. if you do it and you could definitely you could try it um whilst you're not on your period so you're not having to deal with like blood the issue of blood because it's almost like it's like a suction is it you really like it's like an origami sort of thing that you get it in and it's once you've got it it's great and then yeah. it goes straight in but the first time and then trying to get it out you have to push your mic you pushing your feet there's a technique basically so watch yeah. some youtube videos and just <laughs> like have spencer on hand just in case because honestly it was intense he'll be thrilled <laughs> yeah I totally agree that it, it takes some getting used to and it seems a bit gross the first few times, but I think it is something you can get the hang of um, and then Definitely. it feels very natural. Okay, if there is one thing you could tell every woman now, a bit of advice or wisdom that will make managing their cycles easier. Brooke, this one's for you. What would you say to them? I would say to track your cycles. That is the one thing that I wish everybody did. And and not just track it in terms of like which day does your period come, but tracking more than that, tracking your symptoms throughout the month. And we can often use it to identify patterns. So, you know, you mentioned the Flow app and I also use the Clue app is another very good one. And basically you just document, you document when you're on your period, how heavy certain days are, if you're having mood swings, if you've got, you know, breast tenderness and things like that, you can document all those things. And the rest of the month, if you're having certain pains at certain times of the month, popping it in there allows us to track it and to really get to know our bodies and to get to know when things change and when they're abnormal. And when you do come for trying come to try for a pregnancy, then actually you also have all that extra information. Uh, you know when your fertile period is going to be, some of the apps will calculate it for you. Uh, you know just roughly around that time when you're ovulating, when you can really maximise your efforts at trying to conceive. Yeah, I think it's just a great thing for everybody to really get to know that and to, to know their body, bring it with you if you see the doctor, bring, bring with you the kind of last few months printed out and it's really helpful. Yeah. Okay. And Lottie, your question is, has this whole experience made you just more amazed by your own body? Yeah, definitely. Like I really do, especially in the first few months. I was like, wow. Like, I know it sounds cheesy, but I was like, my body is amazing. Like, and I felt really before I considered having a period as like an inconvenience, but I actually felt really lucky to be able to have one and to be able to understand all these different sort of phases that I'm going through and sort of just learning to work better with it and even like down to things of like scheduling my day or my month for like I I love running so it's like I know not to plan a big run at certain times and if I did try to and I didn't do very well rather than going oh you're so rubbish like actually thinking oh no it's it's day 24 of my cycle that's probably why so just chill out and walk home so definitely I I think it is just fascinating. That actually just makes me even, I was in the gym today and I was like, what is wrong with me? I'm so tired. And actually I think it is because I'm past ovulation now. So it probably is that. And I never even think about that. So tracking, that's probably the best advice, tracking your period. Yeah. Yeah. And like some of the apps I use flow and it even comes up with like the other day I was sitting there and I literally, I had a bun worse than this, like a greasy bun on my head and I looked <laughs> like crap. And it says something like, here's some top hair care and skincare tips because you might need it. I was like, they're watching me. Like I look disgusting. <laughs> I got this at the right time. And it's because I've been tracking that on my cycle. And it's just, it's quite funny and nice to just have that little reminder. <laughs> yeah. 
It is. It is quite amazing. But girls, thank you so much. That was a great chat. And I think that actually it's going to help quite a lot of people because some people really struggle with their periods. And the main thing that we want to do is obviously break down the taboo around having a period. And it's not embarrassing to talk about it. And there were some great stories. So thank you very much for joining me. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Well, we're going to have to wrap things up there as that is all we have time for today. I'd like to say a huge thanks to Lottie and Brooke for being so candid about cycles. I'm going to download an app immediately and start being nicer to myself on the days I simply can't smash a personal best at the gym. Please remember to rate and review the show if you enjoyed it. It really does make a big difference. And listeners who want to channel some of this information into action can check out Boots' range of over 2,000 wellness products, including sustainable feminine hygiene products like Boots' menstrual cups and plant-based applicator compact tampons. Start feeling good as new at boots.com.